But this morning, I really want to talk to you about this. If you're looking for a title, it's God Honoring Sex. Did y'all get notes this morning? Shame on Jamie. He didn't produce the notes because you need them. Because if you don't have notes, you need to get a pen and a piece of paper. And you need to write this out because I really believe it will be something that will help you. I believe, you know, when, I'm, when I came here this morning, before I came here this morning, let me just say this. My prayer is, God, there are people in this room that, God, you need to heal in this area of their life. There may be women that have been taken advantage of when they were young or things that they saw or men that looked at things that they shouldn't have looked at when they were young and they thought that's what sex was all about and all of a sudden it began to cloud your mind, cloud your heart and you begin, that's what it's all about. But that's not what it's all about. And how many you know that with every design, God has a way that he designed things? Come on. I mean, you cannot put sugar into a gasoline tank. <laughs> But what happens is a lot of times we try to put in different ingredients to our intimacy and to what God has given us. How many of you know that sex is a gift from God? And I thank God for it. I'm not kidding. I got six kids to prove that. Anyway, but the thing is, it's not just by myself. I mean, you know, but anyway. Wow, where did I get off on that? But anyway, let's just pray. Father, this morning, I thank you. I pray that this would be an area this morning that you would help me. God, thank you for your resurrection power. Thank you that, God, that you would come and you would be with us. Just like the disciples walked on the road of Emmaus and Clophis said, he said, man, didn't your heart burn when he was with us? And Father, this morning, I pray that our hearts would burn for you and your presence. Holy Spirit, come and, and God, just bring resurrection power to our minds and to our spirits this morning. That we can be free in our marriages, free in our relationships. And God, allow you to bring healing and transformation in our minds and our hearts. Thank you that you are a God that sets us free. Your truth sets us free. And Father, I pray that the truth of your word and the truth of your spirit would come. And God, it would melt off all the, 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 the hang-ups and all the things we've had to overcome in our whole lives. And I pray that this morning people would receive healing in your name, Jesus. And if you agree with that, say, I agree. Amen. So, you know, the first week, Pastor Jamie talked about how, how God designed you with the gift of attraction. It's not the attraction gift doesn't come from the devil. I remember when I first saw my wife, I'll be honest with you, I heard her pray. And we were doing a camp with a, a teenage camp and I was over the guys and she was just one of the counselors. And, and I remember her, I promise you, we were in, in East Texas and uh, they came out and they they got to go swimming. And I'll just say this. I heard her pray and I saw her in her bathing suit and I was ruined. I promise you. And I said, and I thought, my God, I better pick this piece of fruit before someone else. She looks ripe and I need to pick her. And I remember looking at her and I told her, I said, Tracy, her last name was Cassie. I go, Tracy Cassidy, I'm going to win your heart. And I remember she inside, she goes, go for it, boy. But she didn't know this southerner. Anyway, so I put the southern charm and everything else, and I, I captured her heart. And it's been 30 years. It'll be 31 years in August. So I'm excited. And, and I still love my wife. And my wife's awesome. She's real. She's, a, she's just a real chick. You know what I mean? I don't mean chick. She's just real. And that's what I love about her. She's honest with people. She's even honest with me when I don't want to hear it. But that's Okay. And, you know, and then and last week, Pastor Jamie talked about how to fight fair. How many of you have ever had some low blows to, you know, 
take, take that. And, you know, take, you know, and it's like just how, you know, how to have conflict. And many times conflict is, you know, how you, you know what? It's important that you have the last word and the last word is, will you forgive me? That's the last word you should have in your argument. Will you forgive me? God's doing something in me. I see my sin. Will you pray for me? Will you help me? Remind me of this. I don't want to keep walking this way. How many of you keep going through the same thing sometimes? You ever feel that way? It's like over and over and over again. How many of you know that God's trying to help you? It's God's echo chamber going, get it right. You see, let's be honest. All of us have, you know, all of us turned on the TV, uh, stuff on the web, uh, out in the public. You go to movies, you walk down to grocery store aisles and... And you see all these messages about sex. How many are you talking about? I mean, they're everywhere. You know, hot, sizzling sex. How to, you know, how to turn your mate on. How to, they have all these things. How many are you talking about? And, and sometimes we go, well, what do we do? You see, the problem is almost everything in our culture is saying today, not only is it dangerous, but it's destructive and it's ungodly many times. And what do you mean, Pastor Bubba? See, sex is something that's, that we're embarrassed about sometimes to talk about. You know what I mean? I tell my wife, what are you going to talk when you go to I'm going to talk about sex. Well, you can go. I'm going to stay in Jennings today. <laughs> well, thanks. I wanted you to come. Think. No, she's, she's there because she's getting a buddy. She's having to minister to a buddy over there. But. You know, her friend, okay? But something, there's something God created. It's beautiful and it's good. And anything that God creates that's beautiful and good, the enemy comes and tries to distort that. He tries to come into allowing us to see something different than the way God intended it. So what I want to do is that I I, I just know there's there's two truths there, there, there's two teachers that I want you to learn from this morning. There's a teacher of wisdom. How many you know that we can all learn? And, you know, so, you know, how many can say, I want to be wiser than I am right now? God, teach me to be wise. Help me to make wise decisions. And so, you know, we can choose wisdom or we can choose uh, consequences. How many are talking about? And, but you can learn truth from both of them, right? But I would learn to, I would rather learn to have the, the wisdom before I have to go through the consequence, you know, that it's like I've, I've told you, you know, you learn truth one or two ways, either through revelation or tribulation. I'd rather get the revelation before I go through the tribulation and go, I need it. Okay, now I see I got the revelation. And see, and, and there's two kind of disciplines that we can learn from. You know, part of that is that, yeah, you know, it's, it's just being disciplined. So I'm not going to turn that on. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to look this. I'm going to train my thoughts because I believe that there's thoughts that wander away from God and leave no room for God. And that's where sin can come in. And there's thoughts that wander toward God and go, God, I want to depend upon you. You know my weaknesses. You know my trials. You know what I walk through. I know I can't turn this TV on. I know I can't at this time of the day. I'm going, you know, I've learned I go to bed when my wife goes to bed. Is that all right? Hello. And sometimes what some of the things I've walked, I'm walking through right now, I get tired at night. So I go to bed before her and I'm just waiting. Please come to bed. Anyway, by the time she comes, I'm out. And so let's just be honest. You know, it's like when you look at that. So the first thing I want to talk about this morning is that not only do you learn from discipline, but you can learn from regrets. 
Let me give you a fine example in the Bible. It's not in your notes, but this is free. How about Samson? Because he didn't walk in wisdom and he didn't walk in discipline. What happened? He lost his marriage. He lost his ministry. He lost his family and he lost his eyes. And see, that's what the enemy wants to distort you. He thought, hey, this is better. Delilah. But God was going, no, 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 no. See, first he didn't listen to the counsel of his family. That's a whole nother message. But see, the number one, God honoring sex starts long before it happens in the bedroom. Well, Dale, you walking out, man, God? I mean, I'm just trying to get some point one, man of God. I'm just trying to help. <laughs> I'm just messing with him. God honoring sex way starts way before the physical intimacy ever begins. Women initially know this, and men need to work a little bit more in this department. What do you mean, Pat? Men are microwaves. It don't take much to get them turned on. I'm ready. Women are crockpots. Hey, if you slow cook it and you work it, come on. And you prepare it right. I'm, I'm gonna, hey, we're going to have some discussion this morning, all right? So, you know, and it's like, see, when you're like a crockpot. Am, am I right, women? Come on, help me out. Can anybody say amen on that one? All right. Men, how about, are you a microwave? All right, all right, we know. Okay, it's just the way God designed us. Okay? And see, what is a man, when is a man ready to have sex? Anytime and anywhere. Okay? I want us to see how Solomon actually honors his bride and how he compliments her and how he builds her up. We're going to look at Songs of Solomon. Chapter four. Now, you've never never heard a message on Songs of Solomon, but today you will. Okay. And see, Songs of Solomon, it just says, you are you are beautiful, my darling. And he's, he's honoring his bride. Beautiful beyond words. In other words, when you look it up in the in the in the Hebrew, it means he says he says you're especially beautiful. That's what it means. You're you're fantastic. He says your eyes are like like the doves. Behind the veil, your hair and see hair represented two things. It represented consecration and it represented submission. And she she says falls in the waves like a a flock of goats winding down the slopes of Gilead. And you go, what the heck did goats have to do with anything? It was just a beautiful sight. See, a Jewish woman would have always have her hair up. And now she's got her hair down. And he likes what he sees. That's what he's saying. You know what? Same way with Jesus. When we prepare our hearts and we just let ourselves down and go, God loves. I mean, Jesus loves you. And all he wants to do is he wants you to be real. You know, it's incredible that, you know, a lot of times people, a reputation is built over a lifetime. See, the difference between a solid oak, a solid oak, um, desk and a veneer desk is when you start digging into it and you see what's there. And I know a lot of people that have built their lives like a, like 
a veneer oak desk with that press wood and glue and let the, let the hard times or different, the rains of different things happen and it breaks that thing apart. Because what happens, storms and the weather of life begin to expose really how you build your life. And it, it exposes how we build our marriages. And so that's just free. But, you know, Songs of Solomon says, your teeth. Or is it it is white as sheep? Now, what does that have to do? His ability—he's having attention. It might be good for your wife to have all her teeth. Amen. (laughs) Oh, honey, it's good. It's a good thing. Okay, y'all with me anyway? And he says, "Recently, storm and fleshly washed." Freshly washed, you know, shorn and such. Your, your smile is flawless. Your teeth match with its twin. This is what, this is a pretty big accomplishment before the dental floss, all right? That you had nice teeth, okay? And before dental visit, hey, you've got all your teeth and I like it. Notice he's, he's paying very close attention to all the details. How many of you know God's concerned about all the details in your life? You know, when Jesus comes into a place and you ask him to get, Lord, be the Lord of my life. And he comes and he begins to point things out. He will act like the Lord of your life. You understand me? And he will come. And if you ask him, for if you go, God, come, have your way. Here I am. I know, God, I have flaws and I know there's weakness in my, but expose those things. Show me because, God, I want to be better and I want to love you in a greater measure and I don't want anything to hold me back. Amen? I remember as a young man when I would go to bed and my wife goes, please brush your teeth. Can I be honest with you? When I grew up, I brushed my teeth once at my house. That was in the morning when I woke up. Are you hearing me? Man, can I give you just a brush your teeth before you go to bed at night? She may kiss you. Even my little girl, like when I put her to bed sometimes, she'll go, she'll go, Daddy, you need to go brush your teeth. (laughs) Okay. You see, I want you to see just, you know, what happens. Notice he's paying very close attention. Before there's any physical intimacy, there's an emotional intimacy being built. We need to remember that as men. It's an emotional. You know, uh, it may be when you just send, send a no, no reason text in the morning. Thinking about you, you're the dream of my life. If you want to improve your physical romance, can I just give you a hint? You got to start improving your spiritual relationship with God. Okay. Let me give you to give it away. When me and my wife got married, I'm just I'm going to be straight up because I can I can stand here today and have no worries. I didn't touch my wife till my wedding night and I haven't stopped. Okay, before I was a Christian, I mean, before I before I met Tracy, I was just. I was a harmonger. Okay, I was lost and I was doing it the way that everybody else thought, you know, baby, if you love me, you know, you'll give it up. I spent some money on you. Give it up. Because that's the mentality. 
You watch movies, you watch influence, you talk to your buddies in the locker room, all that stuff. You know what I mean? Or, you know, and, 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 and it's not guys anymore. It's just as much pressure on girls as well. But I, when I gave my life to Jesus, I said, God, that's an area I will never tell a girl I love her until I ask her to marry me. And I never told Tracy I loved her to the day I asked her to marry me. I didn't kiss her. Well, I did kiss her. I'll be honest. It was a peck. Okay. It wasn't nothing else. But I can remember, you know, my wedding night. How many of you like to know what happened on my wedding night? No, you don't want to know. Can I tell you what, though? I didn't have a car. We didn't even own a car. We were missionaries. I had my best friend. We were with, we were, got married in Tacoma, Washington on the hilltop where gangs hang out. All right. The bloods and the crips. We got married right there. My, my best, my best friend and my best man is, he's a New Zealand, he's a Kiwi. He's a chaplain in the New Zealand uh, Navy. Okay. He's like big dog in the Navy over there. And he drove me to Seattle to the Hilton. But you know what? I mean, I was thinking I've waited. Now, but you know what I did? Can I be honest with you? Because I've talked to other guys. You didn't just go to the room. I go, no, I didn't. You know what I did? Because I said, you know, if I'm going to spend a lifetime with this person, I better start it right. And it took everything. It took every dish in my hand. I said, hey, let's go eat. And I remember we went and sat down in a restaurant before we went to the hotel room. And we ate a dinner. And I gave her a gold chain. It was a little rope chain gold chain and I began to explain to her how much I loved her and how precious she was to me and that she was God's gift to me far greater than this gold chain and then the rest is up to your own imagination but anyway but I I felt like if I don't start it this way are you hearing what I'm saying and see If you want to improve your physical romance, you have to improve your romance, man. See, start by praying together. Hello. But don't do it for sex. We prayed. Okay, now. (laughs) Me man, you woman. Me Tarzan, you Jane. Get out of here, cheetah. Anyway. The bottom line is... You do it because you're seeking God. And the byproduct, I promise, will often be that. Okay? Solomon doesn't just say, hey, hot mama, come get some of me. He's into the details. He said, man, you, you're, you're excellent. You're incredible. He's given us hints how to romance our wives, guys. Are y'all with me? It's getting hot up here. Anyway, the third verse is your lips are like scarlet ribbon. Your mouth is inviting. Your cheeks are like many pomegranates behind your veil. What does that mean? It means that, you know what? The bottom line is, is that you're incredible. You're fruitful, and I found you. See, what God wants to do is when he brings a man and a woman, it's not just about the intimacy, it's about fruitfulness. That your relationship can be fruitful, not just in your bedroom, but outside your bedroom. 
that wherever you go, that you're blessing the people around you. Because, see, can I just say something? I don't worry about my wife going out of town. She was faithful to me before. She didn't worry about me because I was faithful to her. Because can I, let me just, can I be honest with you? I'm not selling for a Yugo because I got a Mercedes Benz in the garage at my house. Are you hearing me? In fact, it's not just a regular Mercedes, it's an AMG. If you don't know what that is about, look it up. That's a souped up version. I can barely handle her. Because see, the bottom line is when you think about this culture, women are often mistreated and highly, but you know, and not very highly esteemed. You know, here he's like, he, he's likely saying the way you carry yourself, you're confident and you're secure. He's building her up. Every woman wants to feel safety. Every woman wants to feel secure. And when they feel safe and secure, they feel like they can be successful in the very thing God's called them to be. You see, man, when you begin to romance your wife the way God wants you to, you begin to bring safety. Man, I feel safe. I feel secure. My man loves me. And it's not just the words you say. It's the actions that you do behind the words that you say. Your actions meet the, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I know what you want. Quit saying that. You don't do that. You know what I'm saying? You're all, you ever heard that? You're all show, but no go. That's what we used to talk talk about racing cars when I was a kid. That's all show, no go. What is he doing? He's just, he's at the point where he's building her up. See, God honored sex. Can I just say the second thing is it's passionate. What do you mean, Pastor Baba? Your breasts are like twin fawns. Twin fawns of a gazelle gazing among the lilies. What the heck does that all mean? You know, gentlemen, if you're going to approach twin fawns, how do you do it? Gently, slowly, and carefully. How many of you hunters in here? You don't spook. I mean, he's talking about little deer. Come on. I'd like to say something, but I really can't. I'm having self-control right here. I can see Jamie. Please, Pastor Bob. I've... I've been accused of a lot of things when I come here sometime. But anyway, men, you need to learn to work on your approach. Look at me. Approach matters. Amen, women. You're careful about her. You build her up. You care about the details of her life. Work on your approach. Ladies, make an approach. Any approach. Whatever you got, whatever it is, it looks better in satin rather than flannel. Can I just be honest with you? (laughs) I had to throw that one in there, but anyway. Throw that old junky thing away, man. Put on something. Make an approach. Lifeless, complicated. How many you believe that? So sometimes you have, you may have to just, just even plan it. What do you mean, Pastor? Uh, you may have to put it on the calendar. Sunday is fun day. Monday morning is madness. Two, two for Tuesday. Wow, wow, Wednesday. You know, somebody better stop me because I've got. 
Throwdown Thursday. <laughs> and Freaky Friday. Anyway, so somewhere in there, you need to take a break and have a Sabbath. All right? So, that's where Saturday is Sabbath. Anyway, just... You need to rest your body sometimes. Okay, man, I can't even believe I got through that. See, this is all right, but if, if you... It's all right to have fun at church. Because can I tell you something? Let me ask you, have you ever had anybody ever preach to you about sex at church? You never heard a message on sex at church. Raise your hand. Y'all been around here too long. Anyway, just... We can talk about it. I mean, instead of hiding it and... You know, oh my gosh. See, it's all right because if you don't have fun... I'm going to have fun anyway here by myself, okay? The the next thing is, before the dawn breezes blow and the night shadows flee, I will hurry to the mountain of myrrh in the hill of frankincense. What did he just say? It's, he's saying, hey, it's all night. What does he mean by that? Here's what I'm going to do, woman. Sex is for procreation, but it's also for recreation as well. It is. It's okay. God made it. You see, the third thing is God honoring sex is built on absolute trust and absolute trust. What do you mean by that, Pastor Bubba? You're altogether beautiful, my darling. Beautiful in every way. You must learn in the intimacy of marriage to always respect one another's bodies. What do you mean by that, Pastor? Never under any circumstance do you make a negative comment about your spouse's body. See, the twin fawns with gravity become like twin falls. Guys' hair falls out and things don't work as well, right? We're going to get real here this morning. Some of you, oh, God, I'm sweating, Pastor. Well, me too. Anyway. You're all going to feel insecure about something over time. Hello? What do you mean by that? This is an incredibly intimate moment. It's when you're sharing everything about yourself. You're never more vulnerable, and you only honor and lift up one another's spouse's body. You know, I have a friend that gave his wife for her birthday gift buns of steel. She wanted brass knuckles to knock him out. And he's a pastor. I'm like, are you an idiot? Can I just tell you something? Before the living God. And Trail can tell you this. because She's been around me and Jamie. I have never spoken one thing negative about my wife's body. I've never used the word, the D word, divorce. I've never told my wife it'd be better if we had a divorce. I've never said that. You know why? Because I'm not a fool. If God gave me a gift, I better take care of the gift that he gave. And if I'm dissatisfied, maybe something with me. That I haven't taken care of the gift. And let me tell you something. I, I just say, you know, I look at my wife and say, baby, you make a gunny sack look good. That's all I got to say. I went out shopping with her there on Valentine's. I said, look, you get whatever you want. You know, she came out with some hot jeans. Like, Whoo, that's hot. Can I say something? I do that kind of stuff with her. No one else. She's the only one God's given me. She's the only one that I can be with. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So you're crazy. You're some, no. 
Because when I'm 80 years old, and I'm going to live beyond that. And when I'm 80 years old, I'm going to be walking down the mall. Come on, honey, let's go. Come on, Papa and you. Come on, man. I'm a rubber little booty. I might not be able to do anything, but I'm going to hope I can. I'd be good as Abraham. Everything was dead, but God brought life. Anyway, just anyway, we got fun this morning. What y'all learned about? I don't know. We had fun. I don't know. Basketball. See, you're more vulnerable. See, it's it's build on. You got to build on trust. Say me. Say trust. See, we've got emotional. How many know we got emotional needs? How many know we got spiritual needs, and we got physical and sexual needs as well. Okay, and so here you're you're all you're all your spouses. The only legitimate outlet is to meet your your spouse is the only legitimate outlet to meet your sexual need. That's the only one. You know, your your spouse. You see, so if if you pull back and you start to pull distance between you and your spouse, your spouse has no other God honoring outlet. For the need to be met. Does it make sense? You see, in fact, if Tracy was here, I don't know if she would say this, but she would say one of the most ministering things a woman can do is to be available for her husband. Not just available, but to be involved in the relationship with their husband. That you talk. Let me ask him, do you take time just to get away and talk? It's real quiet in here. Just talk. There's times I tell my wife, listen, when I've gone through all this chemo stuff and everything else, I mean, I've had some hard, I had some difficult things, but my intimacy is still good. Okay? I'll just, and I'm like, and I'll just say this. God, keep it going on. Because see, it's my relationship is not built on sex. My, my relationship is built on trust. It's built on conversation. It's built on friendship. It's built on being honest and brutally honest. And sometimes, you know, she might not want to be nice to me. And sometimes I might not want to be nice to her. And, and she, you know, and I will go, I cut you off. I've told her that many times. I don't really cut her off. I act like I'm cutting you off. Oh, yeah, right. That's going to last a week. A month. An hour. Anyway, just. But if you build on trust. Are you all with me? Ladies, your emotional needs are not. Are are just as important as your physical needs. And your physical needs are just as important. As your emotional needs. Amen. See, the bottom line is you recognize that God has put you. In this relationship to minister to your spouse. My greatest responsibility. Is the husband. A husband represents. is, Is a bind tender. Tenders a vineyard. And he sees things in that vine that's not going to produce what needs to be produced to be fruitful. See, I want the Holy Spirit to live in me, walk through me, and also to be fruitful in my life and in my ministry. And so if that's going to take place, God's called me to be a husband. And there's things that I've got to share with my wife. And I take care of her because I love her. And I speak those things to her. But that opens the door when I'm able, when she's willing to be open with me and allow me to tend those things. She's able to share things with me. 
I don't know, is that making sense to you? One of the greatest things you can do is, is to lay down your own selfish desires. Just lay it down. Here I am. I'm here to minister. The Bible recognize that God, see, you're, I'm here to minister to Tracy Cassidy McCann. That's my job. My number one goal is to have a relationship with Jesus, then my spouse, then my children, and then you as a church. That's why Peter and Titus talk about what it means to be a husband, to be a leader. Because there's things, it's, your family is so important because it's a reflection of the fruit. That doesn't mean your kids are going to be perfect. That doesn't mean your kids won't mess up. That doesn't mean your kids don't have a free will. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But it also recognizes that you raise them in the right way. And when, it, when they depart, they'll never, one day, God will open their eyes. Even though they depart from you and they say, well, you don't want to love God or follow God. Eventually, can I tell you, if you raise them right, there's some kids that don't know how to get home because they don't know. They weren't taught right. But there are other kids that know where home is. And they go, you know, it's kind of like the prodigal. Hey, all of a sudden, some opened his eyes. I know where I can get loved. I know where I can get fed. I know where I can get taken care of. If I just go to daddy's house, I'll get direction again. And see, part of a relationship to be intimate is in, in that we trust. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying, guys? It's important. Men, you have a responsibility to minister to your wife. Women, you have a responsibility to minister to your husband. And see, God honoring sex is holy. What what does holy mean? It means to be set apart, to be different. Songs of Solomon say, you are my private garden, my treasure, my bride. And it's not just talking about kings back then needed a place where they could go find rest. And they had private gardens where they could have the cool of the day. And, and, and saluted spring, uh, uh, secluded spring in a hidden fountain. Your thighs shelter a paradise of pomegranates with rare spices and henna with nard, nard and, and sulfurin, and, and um, fragrant clomus and cinnamon, and with all the trees of frankincense, myrrh, and alloys, and every other lovely spice. What is he saying? He said, You're a virgin. This is your wedding night. You have saved yourself from me. Listen, many, many of you say, well, our stance is waiting until, see, let me just say, our stance here at this church, let me just say, is wait till you get married. It's, it may seem outdated in our society today, but I mean it. It's 2015. It doesn't matter what year it is, God's truth stands forever. What I want to do is explain why this is so important. Is that all right? Okay, the reason is because it's holy. When you get married to someone, you do not enter into a contract. You enter into a covenant with God. What does that mean? A covenant's binding. It's a spiritual agreement. And a covenant is saying until death do us part in a contract until I'm not happy anymore. Okay, Uh, anytime a covenant was established by God, God's people would would be shedding blood. In the Old Testament, they bring a sacrifice. They shed blood. And we know with the new covenant, we're not under the old covenant, but we have a new covenant. And Jesus established the new covenant. And, we, and, you know, we know that none of us are without sin. So that's why he went to the cross and he shed his blood that we could have forgiveness of sin. And God doesn't just give us a second chance. God gives us another, another chance. And if you blew it before your wedding night, that's okay. You can start, I believe you can start your, you can start your second virginity. Because you make a commitment. 
And you go, you know what, God, I didn't know. I was blinded. I was living in a worldly way. Jesus said a man will leave his father and mother and be united with his wife and two will become one. What is sex? Is this the outward invisible sign of the inward spiritual covenant? That was, you were joined to your spouse physically and you're no longer two, but you're not, you're united as one. You see, God designed it for a virgin man to enter to a virgin woman and there would be the shedding of blood and the covenant would be established before God. There were no longer two, but there were one. What do you mean? This is why sex is holy between a man and a woman. 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 Okay, I've been in the locker room. There's nothing in the locker room I've seen there that I ever wanted. Every time you share in the gift of sex, it's the very real sense that you're renewing the covenant vows. You know, you belong to me. I belong to you. And we're flesh. We're one flesh in the eyes of God. We're one with God. Now, I want to I show you the response of this, this couple. He honored her. He's cherished her. He's pursued her. She's pursued him. She's respected him. And they waited. Are y'all with me? I'm bringing this bus to an end, all right? We're getting to the stop sign. I'm going to let you off. Verse 15 and 16, you're a garden fountain, a well fresh water streaming down. From Lebanon's mountains. Awake, north wind, rise up. South wind, blow on, your, on my garden and spread its fragrance all around. Come into your garden, my love. Taste its finest fruits. I'm not even going to explain what this means because I know you are smart people. Okay? Let me just tell you what, what could be going on right now. You may be saying, well, we didn't do things the way the Bible says we were supposed to, Pastor Baba. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing it that way. There are those of you just sitting here right now next to your boyfriend or your girlfriend, and you feel a little bit guilt and a little bit of regret. There are those of you that are willing to give your virginity away. Some of you, it's, it was taken from you. You were abused at the hands of a monster and you had no choice. Right now, there's all sorts of emotions. Okay, this is, this is not, I, I, I'm, you're thinking I'm not holy. I don't feel holy. Here's what I want you to understand. Who makes things holy? Never you and never me makes anything holy. God and God alone makes things holy. See, it's only when Christ touches someone that it becomes holy. Every one of us had a moment. We should have had a moment in salvation is that when you came to that place, you were filled with yourself, filled with all kinds of junk. How many are talking about? And you came to that place and you said, God, I can't live this way anymore. I don't want to be this person. And, and you begin to realize this isn't, this is, you were miserable with yourself. And you say, God, I can't keep living. This load that I'm carrying is too heavy for me to carry. This burden that I sense is I can't can't keep this on me. God, I need your help. 
And then all of a sudden your eyes were open. You said, that's why you came, Jesus, to give me purpose, to give me a reason to live, that I begin to see it's not about religion. It's about a personal, intimate relationship with you and that you love me enough that you would rescue me from myself. And you proved your love, that you died on the cross and that you would set me free. You said freedom. I was, can I just say this? I was incredibly sinful in this area before I became a Christian. When I met Jesus, he forgave my sins. And he made you and me new. Amen? The Bible says old things have become old things. Behold, all things are new. Amen? Aren't you glad about that? And he said, well, I call myself, can I just say, I call myself a born-again virgin. And from that point forward, I committed to purity. And you can do that today. I don't know what you've done or where you are today, but the moment Christ touches you, he forgives you of your sins and he can make you pure. So don't don't you dare walk out of here feeling guilty, feeling shame, because there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. What do you mean, Pastor? Feel hope. Feel hope. No matter how dirty something may may be right now, in the presence of Jesus, all things become new. See, it's not a matter of, when you become a Christian, after a while, you should know right from wrong. Amen? It doesn't become about right from wrong, it becomes being wise and unwise. You understand? Because when you serve God for a time, all of a sudden there's wise things you can do and there's unwise things you can do. You can put yourself in good situations or you can put yourself in bad situations. You know right from wrong. Anybody know what I'm talking about? The Bible even says in Jeremiah, he said the laws of God and God would be written on your hearts that you would know right from wrong. That's before the new covenant. I don't have to open up. Look, I got the Ten Commandments right here. And Jesus came and he summed them up in two, right? He took the first four commands and he said, to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the last six that dealt with man to love your neighbor as you love yourself. You see, I'm here today to tell you is that what God made is good. It's good. You know, since I've been, since I've been, had my surgery and I started on a new diet and I've been eating Good things, okay? But my inner Cajun, because when you deny your inner Cajun rice and gravy, it will speak to you. Man, what are you doing, Bubba? Come see me. Now, give me, you know, I mean, now what you doing? Get some crackling. But the Lord really spoke to me. He said this. This is what he spoke. I said, my best friend that I led to the Lord came to me. We were roommates and everything when I got saved and everything. And ended up leading him to the Lord. And uh, he's a wonderful businessman. He's very successful. God has blessed his business incredibly. And he's been a blessing to me all my life. And he came to me. He said, Bubba. He said, have you asked God what he wants you to do? So, well, Mark, I mean, now that I think about it, not really. He 
said, what I want you to do, Bob, I want you to go and I want you to go pray and ask God what you can do. He said, dang, that's pretty simple. How many of you feel stupid sometimes when things are so simple? And sometimes, can I, can I be honest with you, sometimes we need to come to the Lord stupid because we'll be humble. And he said, why don't you just ask God? So one morning I'm getting up and I'm just praying, praying in tongues and just praying. I said, God, what do you want me to do? And the Lord just spoke to me. I mean, he just clears me. He says, I want you to eat healthy and I'll heal you. I just want you to eat healthy and I'll heal you. Now, what does healthy mean? For a lot of people, it can mean a lot of things. Because can I tell you something? As I've gone through this, I've got people, you know, they go, oh, I got these herbs and man, they'll cure this. And if you do this and you do that, man, I've had you know, the best of intentions. But they're almost like the pharmaceutical companies because they're going to make money off of me because I'm buying their herbs. And what I've learned is this, is that medicine cleanses, but Jesus heals. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So what my part is, I'm going to take my responsibility, do what I can do, and I'm going to trust God with the rest. Amen? And it's just like here today. You got to take the meat and throw away the bone. Hello. The Bible is very clear. It's very simple. If you take the truth, what does it promise? What does it do to you? It's not a guess. Come on, somebody can say something. What, what, what would the truth do to you? Set you free. Okay. How many like to have freedom? Come on. Have you ever given your kids freedom to have candy? What did they do? Okay, last night, my wife and I, we went and visited my son that's up in North Louisiana. We're coming down and we, and Libby and Luke, we gave them, we went and stopped. They were starving after they ate. They were like bouncing in the car. They were so free. Me and Tracy are uptight. Stop it. It's not fair. There was just a freedom. They're laughing, giggling, kicking the seat and stop it. They're just free. And can I just tell you something? You know what God wants to do? God wants you to give his free gift, and it's called freedom. That you're not bound up. You don't see things. See, all I came to do, I'm a messenger. Okay? And I believe this. When you're God's messenger, he never sends you with an empty envelope. You just open the envelope and you deliver the goods. And when you deliver the goods, it's what the people do with the truth. Either you eat it and it becomes fruitful or you just neglect it and go, well, that's for somebody else. That's for another time. But can I tell you something? God didn't send me here this morning for another time. God sent me here this morning to speak to you specifically about this. This is the first time message I preach in three weeks on sex. Okay. And can I be honest with you? I'm not getting a lot right now. I'm just, man. And it's not because, I mean, I don't want to. I mean, it just, you know, man, I can't believe he said that. Me either. But anyway, you just know me. But here's the thing. It's not about me. 
It's about me seeing the need of my spouse and ministering to them. And the time will come. Amen? The moment will come. And some of you, how many of you say, Pastor, but you don't need to raise your hand because I don't want to embarrass you, but you, you can nod your hand and say, I needed to hear a message like this so God can bring some freedom in my own heart and my own spirit and my own soul. Come on, any donkeys around here? Donkeys shake their heads. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much. Thank you for your people that you love every person here. Lord, you just, you love them. Lord, you love them. You love every person here. You've seen everything that they've ever walked through. Even when I started sharing this and how they had to maybe put up offense to say, you know, I've been offended by that whole subject or I haven't found freedom in that because of things that have happened to me in my past. And Lord, the whole intention when I prayed during this week is that God, that you would set people free. They would find healing. They would find purpose. They would find ministry. And so, Father, I pray against every assignment of the enemy, again, their minds and their hearts and their spirits and their emotions would be broken today. And I pray for the freedom of the life of Jesus to be in their hearts and their minds and their spirits, that they would learn to love the mate that you've given them, to minister to that mate that you've given them. Not just so much the physical, but Lord, just in those areas that you're speaking to them even right now. And I pray... I just remember that word that Pastor Jim gave a while back about this church, that this would be a church where you heal marriages, where there would be shattered people that would come and you would begin to heal marriages. And Lord, I pray that that would begin even today, this morning, that you would heal, restore, and build marriages like never before in this house. And let this house be a testimony to the world around it the people that love you and love their mates and love their families. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.